0: No matter how bad or good your life is at the moment, you may want to improve it or completely turn it around. Whereas many may want to use a magic pill, best-selling author and speaker Adam Hart shows us how you can do that using something with only positive side effects. He was a burnt-out wreck, but turned his life around with nothing more than food. Here's his story.
1: Good morning, Adam, and welcome to the Rokal Paleo Show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Mark, how are you today?
0: I'm wonderful, thank you, and I trust you two are equally wonderful as well.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not as wonderful as you are, but I'm pretty wonderful myself, too.
0: <laughs> I've so, got to agree, haven't I, really?
1: Yeah, yeah of
0: course. <laughs>
1: you don't want to lose your partner now.
0: Not at all, no. No, okay.
1: So Adam, um, our common friend Di Manuel suggested we invite you, and there you are. So you are a certified Psychological Health and Safety Advisor in Canada. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it
0: is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can, you, um, can you explain your background and your past relationship with food, and then uh, how you came about uh, to where you are now?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty pretty deep story. Um, I have a history of being very unhealthy, so it all started from a very young age when I had a very poor relationship with food, mainly related to eating a lot of fast food, a lot of convenience foods. Growing up, um, diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age, so attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, put on medication for it, and. Uh, Uh, eventually I put myself through university, I was working at a pizza restaurant, Uh, I got to be the manager of the restaurant at at some point so that gave me access to unlimited uh, amounts of pizza and uh, I I got to a point where I was about 200 plus pounds and um, suffering with depression, anxiety, was diagnosed as pre-diabetic. You know, I I got to a state in in my work uh, doing operations for a company in Toronto where I'm originally from. Where I had occupational burnout and decided that I needed to make a change, and uh, I discovered food really as my my main source for healing and for finding a different way of life, which is what I've been living now for fifteen twenty years.
1: What was the defining factor that uh, made you realize that
2: uh, <clears throat> what was the reason for uh, your problems? Well, I didn't I didn't know. excuse me, I didn't know it was the main problem. Um, I had no idea that food had the power that it has. Um, Was never taught that in school, was never told by anybody um, of significance around me. You know, I come from um, the baby boomer generation as my parents who were looking for real uh, easy ways to feed their kids, and they didn't realize, I don't think at the time, how damaging a lot of those foods um, were. I mean, now it's pretty common knowledge to know that that you know if you're eating fast food and, and convenience food, that's not gonna provide you with what it needs. Um, I got very lucky. I, I discovered a sport as my initial kind of aha moment. Um, I was rollerblading downtown Toronto as a way to be active. I didn't wanna buy another gym membership. I had bought so many gym memberships and every one of them left me feeling frustrated and guilty because I'd miss a day or two. And so I said, well, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, Let's, you know, me and a friend, we're both weren't feeling great. Let's just go for a rollerblade. And we stumbled upon uh, a gym, but it was a different type of gym that changed everything for me. And it was a rock climbing gym Hmm. and suffering with anxiety at the time and uh, fear of heights being one of those triggers. I got terrified, but also intrigued at the idea of having a safe place to push myself a little bit and within the first three four five times of doing it even though the first time i had a panic attack halfway up the wall i started breaking out into sweats having pain in my arm and yelling at my friend to let me down let me down and but uh, i i tapped into something i never had experienced before and those who sit in stillness or meditate or yoga or whatever it is that gets you connected to breath i had never connected to my breath before and climbing was the only way that I had ever found that, and I got addicted to climbing, and eventually decided to follow that as a, a life pursuit. This is fast forward a year or two later, and I moved out to British Columbia, a, a little town called Golden, and immersed myself in a mountain culture that that was nourishing. It was uh, a lot of a lot of amazing um, seasoned athletes who were teaching me how to rock climb and ice climb and ski touring and, Um, And then realized pretty quick that my pre-diabetic diet wasn't efficient and I started to teach myself about nutrition and when I was starting to train to become a mountain guide, I discovered food as the real source of power along with my breath that changed my entire outcome in life and, and all my results and so I decided to pursue the nutrition side of things and in 2003. 13 years ago started a company called Power of Food that supported uh, others in learning how to use nutrition to their advantage.
1: Right. When I was younger I used to do uh, mountain climbing too in the Alps ah. so I'm uh, i uh, very aware that typically mountain climbers bring very little food but very uh, uh, nutritious food with them, you Yeah. Know, uh, you know, meatballs, nuts, typically.
2: Not not these uh, sugar-loaded kind of products. It's, it's, yeah, it's, usually buying, uh, yeah uh, it's a different it's a different scene than the CrossFit uh, marathon type of scene. You know, you need a lot of calories and yeah. uh, and you need a lot of fat, and um, you know, especially if you're doing multi-day trips. So yeah. it's um, you know the convenient style of eating does not serve for the mountain sports like that. Right, and
1: because you're away from grocery stores, you can't go back and and. You know, re- reload on your coke and, and and chips and stuff like that. So you have to carry with yourself food for at least yeah. one day, maybe even more days. So
0: yeah.
1: that's where the the importance of uh, food nutrition density is very important in the mountain. Yeah. Absolutely, you have to stay warm too. Yeah, which is also another aspect of that we we don't necessarily think about it. If you're if you're not a climber, but you're a climber, you you have to wear something light warm but also you need to uh, feed the furnace from the inside that's it
2: that's it yeah yeah it's a critical piece i mean i have friends who carry big sticks of butter in the mountains and that's what they're they're just chewing on big blobs of butter and you know i don't necessarily recommend that all the time but um you know when you're out there you need to get your fuel you got to get it so yeah it's an interesting um interesting uh perspective on nutrition and, and it's like it's like Olympic athletes who still eat pasta as their as a main part of their diet. Right you know, there there's a lack of um, proper knowledge across the board on how to use food to um, to enhance your performance. But that's definitely through these types of podcasts and other avenues, it's starting to shift where more of us have the ability to take to take our own performance into our own hands. And I, I think right. that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, there's one thing that always intrigued me when I was uh, uh, reading a lot about nutrition is that Mm -hmm. you you look at, um, you know, Inuits, people living in the north, which obviously need um, highly concentrated food energy. And they feed, at least until modern uh, food came around, they used to feed themselves on very fatty. You know, a lot from animals, directly from animals, whether it's fish or other form of animals. And uh, you look at uh, people living in the Himalayan, they also eat a lot of uh, fatty, rich food, Mm -hmm. which keeps them warm. I mean, when you look at the way they dress, you you think they're crazy. I mean, they wear only a robe, typically, and it's freezing cold out there. And they don't seem to suffer from that. Yeah. always impressed me a lot, yeah so um, there's something to be said about eating fat as a source of energy, yeah sure yeah so uh, going back to the power of food so you you have uh, written a bestseller uh, called the Power of Food, and now you have a TV show um, what can you tell us about it's
2: yeah yeah the, the book i mean i in two thousand and three I started doing um Nutrition as my my main uh, as an entrepreneur that was the main avenue I focused on um, I was told right from day one oh Adam you're ahead of the curve you're ahead of the curve on this You know it's not quite on the radar because I, I, I took my corporate um, my occupational burnout Experience and said okay. Well, how can I support others who are suffering with an overload of work stress life stress? Um, in the workplace and, and, and help them not have to eliminate it, but use the stress to, to their advantage. Hmm. And um, I created a, first off, one lunch and learn, an hour presentation for the lunchtime in the workplace called uh, Eating for Energy. And I, I, I got traction right away with that lunch and learn and, and said, well, this is great. There's actually a, a way for me to, to share a powerful message and make a living. So I moved to Squamish. Um, which is a beautiful rock climbing, mountain biking area uh, between Whistler and Vancouver, so I could be close to the Vancouver market. And in 2005, I ramped up the corporate wellness um, related to the mental wellness side of things um, company. And from doing that, I started to gain a lot of companies. I was getting some pretty pretty substantial clients on board. And being able to have the, the connection with the employees and the audience, they drove the demand for what I was doing next. I was just getting very good at listening to what they were asking me for. And uh, it led to several variations of workbooks um, over the years. I think the first one was in 2006, then in 2007 was a different workbook. And and then in 2010, I finally self-published a book. Uh, It was called E3 for Life. And because I had an audience already in Vancouver, I sold uh, a few thousand on my own, which then caught the interest of uh, publishers, and uh, you know, it really was me again, just doing my best to be mindful of what people wanted, and um, you know, and that that led to most of what I do now is just continually trying to listen to what the people are asking for. But that's the that's what came out of um, out of that uh, the demand and. I created a food company at some point. It was called Raw Energy, and I was delivering the food to people that I was talking about because I had discovered um, pretty early in my climbing days that there was one food more than any other that, uh, that communicated to me that I didn't realize, like I mentioned, how food was so powerful, but the, there was one food more than any other that when, it, when, it, when I ate it, it had a direct result. And uh, it, it became kind of the cornerstone of a lot of what I was teaching. And what was that food? <laughs> and that was uh, hemp hem seeds. Hemp seeds. Hemp seeds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I had been on so many diets in the past and felt frustrated again and guilty. Like the gym memberships. Every time I went on a diet, <laughs> overweight. You overweight. Know, it's just... It's feeding into, into the system that, that is what it is. But for me, I, I didn't want to buy into that anymore. And I said, well, there's got to be something else I can do. And, you know, c- learning how to use sources of light as opposed to trying to remove darkness all the time. Yeah. And hemp became my number one food source of light where I was just adding it. So I could still eat my whatever it is I wanted, pizza and, and uh, um, you know, if I went to a fast food restaurant, which I didn't do much then. But, you know, I, I, I just added hemp to everything I ate. Tablespoon Mm -hmm. at a time, and I realized pretty quick that it was helping to stabilize my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And the more I I learned, the more I realized I could do that. Can you tell us the the benefits of hemp seeds? Well, yeah, so, you know, like I mentioned, the communication piece, for me, everything is about uh, feeling. I want to feel good. It's not that I need to look good. But as I added in hemp, I was feeling something different. I was getting stronger when I went out climbing. I was getting faster on my skis. I was... You know, I was recovering faster from my workouts when I made smoothies with it and, and making milk. So I started to remove dairy and add just hemp. And so, I, you know, as you do the research, uh, you realize and I realize that, wow, this is this is a great source of protein. It's not, uh, um, it's a complete protein source. It has the ideal ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids. Um, it really helps to cut cravings, to cut um, um, For me, it helped with my anxiety. It helped me to have a cleaner, clearer mind. And I wasn't changing my diet. I was just adding it into my diet. Mm -hmm. Um, And another key piece to that though was I I grew stronger in tension. So every time I added in the hemp, it wasn't like I just threw it on and blindly just consumed because I was doing something for myself that I considered to be an act of love, an act of nourishment, which I had never done up until the age of 28 or so. Mm Um, there was the intention piece, so it almost became a bit of a ritual around my food, where eventually it became very difficult to add hemp to crappy food. Yeah. It was almost, it, you know, it just it just aligned where it was like, well, why am I adding my hemp to a piece of chocolate cake? Why don't I add this to a nice salad, or you know, make myself a nice coconut cream pudding and add it in there? And so that that definitely helped my transition.
0: Mm.
1: That's a good idea, yeah, there's definitely a connection between foods and feelings and then it doesn't make any sense to try to cover bad food with good stuff.
2: It's, it's like, a good uh, transition, it's a good way to, to move through without having to think you need to eliminate because I, I, my belief is that as soon as you put yourself in a state where you have to eliminate something, your mind, will fight you on that parts of your mind will fight you right. to not have to do that and so it perpetuates the uh, adrenal fatigue and, and the cortisol and you know all the all the pieces of why we're in a state we're in so i, I just flipped the switch on myself and said well i'm not eliminating anymore i'm going to bring in sources of light like hemp and then i discovered a whole lot more and those eventually squeezed out those that didn't serve me because of the intention ritual piece that went with the addition
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's it's kind of like
1: in the in a cooking world, uh, chefs some chefs using a sauce to cover up a bad a bad <laughs> piece <laughs> <There> of <you go. laughs> yeah. fish. Oh, let's put some sauce on it to cover it up, so they can taste how bad it is. That's it.
2: <laughs>
1: so, um, uh, tell us about your TV show. What what do you talk about? What do you do? Do you do uh, cooking demonstrations, or what do you do?
2: Yeah, so the cooking show it's for Shaw Cable here in um, in the BC area, and um, yeah, it's focused on uh, really trying to provide for um, the, the 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 stressed out, overworked nine to five grind, um, giving you access to healthier snacking options that'll make your 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 day routine a little easier. Um, as you're checking your email and you know as things get up and frustrated, it's important to have a little more emotional stability and so the foods that I share in the show are really based on making that easy for you to have an experience Um, everything has to be a result that you experience relatively quick and I for that for me it's within days Mm -hmm. so I really focus everything that I do on giving you access to a result that you'll get within days mainly energy based that's the number one piece that I hear most often from people is is I want more energy yes there's lack of quality sleep and, and, and so many others, but, um, so the, the show is really focused on giving you access to recipes that are <clears throat> easy to make, use uh, ingredients that are easy to find, taste good, but also focused on that result of giving you more energy within days if you, if you, if you use them.
1: Right. Uh, can you share with us uh, what some of these foods are?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, some of my main foods, like hemp being one of them, and in the Power of Food book, I I, I walk through 24 different foods um, that do that. And then within each of those foods, so for example, there's the power of almonds. And then I'll walk through a whole bunch of different recipes Mm -hmm. on all the different ways to use almonds and hemp seeds. So for me, it's really finding the foods that nourish my ability to connect to my emotional state um, more and more. And those are the ones that for sure have more protein, and more fat than they do carbs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sounds that
1: sounds very good. Uh, it's a similar approach I used for, uh, in my first book, the uh, cholesterol book, you know, where I, I I told my readers uh, what foods you should eat to reduce your cholesterol, the benefits, and then I would add recipes to that. Yeah, but in yeah. my book wasn't as pretty as yours. <laughs>
2: Well, I, I went after this firm because they they do great design work. So I got I was lucky that uh, they they saw an interest in me. So it was good. Um, good for you. It's, I mean it, this this whole world of food of playing playing with your food of getting in your kitchen. I mean, as a chef, you know, and and I'm, I don't call myself a chef or consider myself a chef, although I've been written as that in certain areas. But I, I just love being in my kitchen. Now that I'm at a state where I'm nourishing myself in that state of, of really love, that's what it is, and and you learn how to use different textures based on different ingredients, and it's it really is, a, it blows my mind what I can create out of a couple seeds, or a little bit of nuts, or some coconut, or whatever it is, it's it's, it's pretty cool, for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and um, uh, one of the classes I teach currently is uh, food as medicine, yeah. and I, I strongly believe in the power of food as medicine, as uh, Obviously, bad food makes you sick, so it sort of makes sense as you switch that around and start using good food, good quality uh, and the right kind of food for a typical illness. i I teach my students how to cook for diabetes, cancer, and heart disease yeah. in case they want to become private chests for people you know with health issues
2: and i I strongly believe in that definitely yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. The, it's got to be the 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 core of your foundation. Uh, if you, especially if you're teaching others how to heal, if you're not talking about nutrition as as the top pillar, um, along with the ideas of using your energy efficiently, so meditation and affirmations and all these other beautiful pieces. But nutrition is it has to be there. <laughs> it's the core. Yeah, it's the core. Yeah. So
1: you mentioned you work with a corporation. Can you tell us uh I know there's no typical but when you you talk to uh, employees in the corporation what what is your typical talk that you give?
2: Yeah, so this whole corporate um uh wellness world, this is a beautiful beautiful place for those of us who have a message to share um to build a business around. Um there's a uh, there's a gap in the marketplace right now for inspiring people. Um, engagement is the number one um, piece in the corporate space that is allowing entrepreneurs like myself to um, to support people in 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 the space that they're in um, because it's really critical that we don't try and remove them from from the chaos because the chaos is so deeply ingrained and by chaos it's that whole. The moment you wake up and you're looking at your phone, and you're getting out of bed, and you're grabbing your coffee, and you're getting in the car, you're sitting in traffic. You get to work. You got emails that you don't know how to answer because there's a hundred of them there, and you know that spirals to to an experience that that so many people are having, and it's uh, and it's very damaging on the body and the mind, and so it's uh, it's a critical piece for me to be very mindful of. You cannot I cannot remove them from that. That chaos I need to I need to bring in different tools and resources and techniques that allow them to have a different experience around that chaos so that they recognize they have a choice Um, and so for example you know in in a lot of the teachings um, I'm just giving them you know breathing techniques um, different um, different tools to put around the office to remind them of certain ways to connect to their energy that make them more efficient, more productive at work, but also reduce their abilities um, to get sick and also to be more collaborative. What nutrition pieces that they can add in without changing anything again that are going to give them, um, give them uh, a little more brain power, a little more ability to have uh, communication with team members and be more collaborative. So all the workshops are based on enhancing their work experience.
1: I've noticed there's a beautiful plant behind you. Uh, do you advocate having a plant on your desk?
2: That's uh definitely. Yeah. You know, that's 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 probably like the first step is to have uh, have the right nutrition pieces around and have a couple plants around to at least feed oxygen and to create a little mindfulness of what, what really is uh at the heart of why we're here. It's 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 the nature around us.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree yeah. with you. I understand you also give uh, health talks and participate in conference uh, all over Canada. Uh, can you tell us more about those?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're really um, uh, based on giving employees of uh, organizations where, you know, people are working such a, a, a rapid pace every day, a nine-to-five grind for a lot of people. You know, the the routine of the day, you know, getting up and, you're, you, you know, right away you're checking your phone and you're, then you run out of the house grabbing your coffee, you're in traffic, you get to, the, to work, you got your emails to check and uh, you know it's just a spiral of, um, of constant uh, sympathetic state that we're in that uh, we really need to, to not focus on removing that chaos but finding ways to add techniques into the day that allow to give you a different experience around that state or at least get you back into a parasympathetic state so you can feel, a little more relaxed and be a little bit more productive uh, around what it is that you're doing, and so everything that I focus on is giving people uh, in that uh, situation the tools to support their mental health and their physical health uh, without changing anything around what it is that they have to get done throughout the day. One thing I've noticed is that
1: nowadays it seems like people are
2: constantly glued to their cell phone
1: or or some kind of uh, electronic gizmo. Um, a girlfriend of mine she would go on Facebook and then be up until 2 in the morning and then, you know, she has to go to work in the morning and so then she's tired, then she has to drink more coffee and and it's a vicious circle, right? But it's almost like a drug, like they're hooked up into these uh, online, uh, whether it's Facebook or any other one or, you know, uh, news or whatever. That's the problem with these portable uh, gizmos is that because they are portable, we tend to have them with us all the time and we are always tempted to look at it. Yeah. You know? And she doesn't understand where I shut mine down and that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm mm. done for the day or I'm done for for the next hour or the two hours I put my phone on silent and that's it. I'm I'm not available.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the 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 core of human need is is to feel connected, to feel a sense of community. Um, You know I know from my experience in Canada and I know in North America this is very similar as far as the work idea and I'm not sure in the UK exactly what the culture is like but you know when you when you were spending more time at work than you are at home and the work experience is not a communal experience it's uh, getting your cubicle and get your job done from Mm -hmm. nine to five and of course you're going to be on your phone as much as you can because that's where you're going to get your nourishment from. Mm-hmm. where there's such a massive uh, move now towards making work a more communal environment, a more supportive environment for helping people feel a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of value beyond uh, just get your paycheck and go home that I think is, it, it, as we shift our, our working culture more to a collaborative communal effort, there'll be less need to be on our phones to get that, that, that need met than uh, where we are today okay i understand better
1: now yeah i wasn't i wasn't sure i understood why people would do that yeah
2: because think, or, I mean, that's my opinion i think that's why i mean i know for myself before i had the community that i had and the business that i created which is very communal um i was i was always on my phone that's that's right. definitely where i got my gratification when i got a like or i got a comment it was you know you do get that release of uh of Of neurotransmitters that make you feel good, so of course it's an addictive um, addictive piece well that's the advantage of being an old father as I grew up without none of this
1: so <laughs> i' I've learned, I've learned to live without and I don't need them i i mean i'm I'm also doing it I'm not denying that i'm on facebook and um but definitely not as much as you see all these kids walking around i mean there, there's like no human interaction anymore it's like they think they're connecting with people but it's through a device
2: yeah. instead
1: of like you know sitting face to face and actually have a discussion i mean how many times you go to a restaurant you see people with their nose in their cell phone instead of talking to their friends
2: yeah yeah and i mean the, the pros for me is is access to information i mean i i i use it to one share share a message to help others to feel better if they choose to feel better and also to connect with more people who I consider in my community and learn now if you're i think if you're using it for for the purposes that are going to serve you to to grow it's a beautiful beautiful uh technology but if you're not using it to grow then then that's the, that's the that's the problem and and I think that's where there's a big uh a big shift happening is more and more people are using it to gain access to information to support themselves and their loved ones. And then there's the other side where it's just, let's just numb out and use it like a TV where I can forget about my day. You know, there's a statistic out there that I've read several times in relation to workers who are, uh, who are unsatisfied in the workforce who spend 40% of their time on social channels at work. Mm-hmm. Well, I work. Well, I work, right? While at work. <laughs> so 40 percent
0: many, of
1: it, 40% of the paycheck is to pay for them to be
2: not, yeah, not working. Well, that's why, you know, a lot of companies are putting in policies where you're not, you know, you're not allowed access to those types of uh, of websites. But, um, you know, at the core of, of the technology, it, it, it's really starting to to highlight and shine a light on the fact that our, our – um, our culture is fragmented, and and the the, the, the relationships that we have with ourselves, um, and a lot of that for me for sure is nu- is nutrition related. I had no idea I was as addicted to sugar, carb based, as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've only you know and I've been on this path for fifteen years, and really even the last three four months, I'm at a different level of understanding of how ingrained um, my clogged body and mind were to an experience that was available to me that was way beyond I ever anything I ever knew was imaginable. And so with the, with the technology and all the ways that we are lacking, lacking self-nourishment, self-love and seeking it out in other areas, um, you know, we're, we're essentially we're all, a lot of us are walking around as, as zombies to what our true mental and physical potential is.
1: It seems to be in modern society, we tend to look for satisfaction outside of ourselves instead of inside, and that's why those cell uh, phones, tablets, whatever, are so popular because they are, they are constantly on, I mean it's in your pocket, it's always accessible. So what do you think about this?
2: Well, I mean, you look at TV before before we had the internet. You know, I, I spent many, many, many years <clears throat> on the couch watching TV, and that was mainly to numb out my personal experience, um, feeling depressed, feeling unhappy with my with where I was, feeling feeling <clears throat> a sense of of um, of despair and oh my God, how am I ever going to? get out of this situation. Um, although the mind for me was making it much grander and bigger than it ever was, but it, it, it kept me in a place where I was comfortable not doing anything about it because of the fear of, of what it would take to have that different experience. And the fear is what crippled me for far too long because I didn't allow myself to have the experience that I then realized was way easier to feel better than I had ever imagined. And I'm not suggesting that's the same for everybody. That's my personal Mm -hmm.
1: experience. I I see how some uh, younger generation kids tend to immerse themselves in games, online games. And one time I asked my son about it, and because I couldn't understand, they would spend almost all night, you know, playing video games. And I'm not necessarily talking about the Pokemon or that kind, but the more complex kind of game, like uh, war games and and stuff like that. And I I asked him, well, why do you do that? And he said, well, escaping. I'm escaping because life sucks and I'm trying to find some Some stimulus or satisfaction online. It's a it's a different world. It's a fantasy world. So that makes you escape from uh, the real life, and um, and so I I started to understand better, especially after you say, well, it's not much different than you, uh, you know, watching movies or or reading a book to escape life.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's so it's a state that um, many. Are experiencing um, and again it's uh, it's the it's the, the 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 ability to break through the fear of what's on the other side um, and that I think so much of it has to do with the way that we tend to try and get healthy in North America and a lot of around the world is we go for solutions that perpetuate the stress response the dieting the gym memberships um, they're not. They're not sustainable, and they're not models for us to have an experience that's going to be supportive. And so we we finally get up enough courage to take an effort to to have a different experience, and we get slapped down because we're buying into what others are continually telling us to do to get healthy. There's really this movement of self ownership, where if you can just have enough power within you to do enough research to find one thing that resonates with you that is uh, based on a model of inclusion and not uh, exclusion, a model of bringing in something of value and not trying to eliminate the darkness. And the weight, weight is, the, is, is just an easy one as an example because so many people are focused on trying to lose weight and it just perpetuates the energy around weight, which then brings more of the same. So, you know, for me it really it really started with adding in a few things that gave me a different experience and 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 following the path that was continually being laid out before me to have more of those experiences to get off the couch to right. where I had more energy to actually start to get active in ways that were fun to getting outside in nature and getting off my my video games and you know I I used to be back in the early 90s pretty big on on different video games Um, but yeah for me the 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 getting over the the initial fear by getting some real powerful results as quickly as possible getting in nature getting active eating better it just woke me up to um, to a whole other possibility and I I do my best to teach my kids I have two young kids a two-year-old and a four-year-old and uh, as soon as I see them getting a little stir crazy we go outside and we just run around outside, and they love it, and hopefully that continues forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they should be outside uh, in nature. Uh, speaking of uh, diet, uh, what is you? how would you describe your current diet?
2: Um, I, you know, I'm always experimenting, I'm always playing around, I don't know, you know, there's a term called biohacker out there, um, you know, I, I, I like the term personally, I, um, it resonates with me, because I'm doing everything I can to hack my own biology, I want to I want to be cognitively um, uh, in tune and I want to be physically uh, sharp. And uh, the more I play around with my diet, the more I realize that it's a high-fat diet that is allowing me access to to that, that, that sharpness that I like. Um, so I, I am playing around with a, a ketosis uh, diet right now and uh, have been for the last little while. Um, very low-carb uh, intake. Um, minimal to no process of any kind, which um, which for me is still uh, it's it's still um, removing a lot of old stuck um, habits and and uh, and addictions, um, mainly sugar that are still moving through me and and are battling my mind. But um, the more I add in, especially um, the uh, medium chain triglycerides, the C eight version more than any other as far as conversion into energy, um, uh, you know, adding in more, uh, I've been doing a lot of krill oil lately just to get a little extra, I've been doing a lot of mega dosing on vitamin D lately and um, just, just really trying to play around and track my data now.
1: How does your uh, having a family uh, affects your diet? <laughs>
2: So that's a, yeah, it's an ongoing, um, I, I don't want to say battle because then it puts the energy towards a battle, but, um, you know, the kids, the kids, like most kids love sweet stuff. Uh, they tend to do a lot of fruit. Um, yeah. and I know, I mean, I, I know enough to know that, uh, yeah, fruit's healthy for you, but too much is too much. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I play around with hiding, hiding things. We, we do all our milk is all hemp based milk. And then I throw in some, some MCT oil in, into the milk and, you know, so I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah, sure they still eat macaroni, um, but I'm throwing in seeds in the macaroni, I'm throwing in some, some of the oil in there, so I'm doing my best to, to at least uh, give them a, a different experience.
1: Good, good, good to know. What is your current favorite recipe?
2: Uh, current favorite recipe was actually one I just made a couple of days ago, uh, I made an almond butter loaf, um, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's a no-bake almond butter loaf. And um, we had a brunch here over the weekend, and uh, I, I, was, I was actually making another one of my recipes. It was this uh, fig walnut uh, bread um, that I dehydrate, so it gets really hard. But yeah. when the, kid, the kids are now eating more of my recipes, which is great. So I was like, well, let's make this a little softer. And so it came, became this almond butter loaf um, that uh, is nice and soft, and the kids love it. So that's now my new favorite one.
0: And now Good. I'm stood here getting hungry.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to get your book, too. Actually, we might uh, want to trade our books. Yeah, I am always open to that. Absolutely. I'll trade. Um, um, you uh, So you have, a, you have a website, and you offer services to potential clients. What kind of service do you offer?
2: Yeah, so my, my main focus is uh, on the corporate... Uh, side of things um, you mentioned earlier I'm a, I'm a psychological health and safety advisor so essentially um, you know if anybody in a decision making uh, position in a in a corporate company um, you hear that word safety and you automatically think well that's safety for our workers from you know falling down the stairs or stubbing their toe or whatever that is but this is a new uh, a newer a newer phrase that's come out um, in Canada there's a standard it's a 13-factor standard that came out in 2013 and it's the first of its kind in the world that is related to providing a safe environment for the mental um, uh, uh, health of your workers because there's so many workers now that are suffering with depression and anxiety and depression is known now as the number one health care cost in the corporate world mm-hmm. so and that, that, that's a, you know, <laughs> there's so many companies now scrambling to support their employees in a way where it's not about profits first. It's now let's get our employees first in a way where they're healthy, feeling, feeling a sense of purpose, community, um, and then the profits will just, you know, come from that experience. And so I just help those organizations who are forward-thinking enough to recognize that there's a problem, to transition through the standards, the 13 different standards that come with being that psychological health and safety. Meeting those um, in a way where it doesn't um, it doesn't disrupt the culture and the chaos. It just helps to bring in those sources of light that make the culture a happier, healthier place for everybody to be. Mm. I need to move to Canada.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you and me both.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, wish it was a little warmer though. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. No, I, listen, I, lo- I love the winter. I love being in the mountains. Um, so, you know, you just dress warm and eat lots of good fat food. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mark, your turn.
0: You, you were speaking earlier about breath and the fact that, you know, the thing that turned you on to um, a new way of looking at you was your breath. Can you elucidate on that a bit more?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean uh, the the most powerful tool that I have, and I I believe this for everybody. um, The most powerful tool that we have to connect to um, our our pure state is our breath, Um, and the the mind, uh, my mind, um, left me running uh, (laughs) in every direction possible, but uh, within. For, for far too long, so when I discovered that my breath had the ability to slow everything out, um, I have been practicing using it to my advantage um, more often, and it's still a constant, it's like any muscle in the body, it needs to be worked, um, and it needs to be worked in a way that you're present about it, not just, okay, let me just breathe, <laughs> okay, now I can go. It, it, it deserves the respect. You know, and, and the funny thing is is I used to I used to look I used to walk go to my doctor all the time, you know, always thinking I'm 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 dying, I'm sick and I got this, I got that. And then the one day he actually told me, Well Adam, yeah, you are actually pre-diabetic and you are um, you know high cholesterol and you need to get on this medication and uh, um, and, and it, uh, for so long I was looking for solutions outside of myself. And, and hoping that there was a pharmaceutical uh, result or um, solution or a magic pill, um, and really, you know, food absolutely, but your breath is at the cornerstone of it all. It, it's the magic pill. You just yeah. gotta eat.
0: Yeah, and and it's surprising how many people also are looking for the magic pill. Yeah. You it. know, whereas you rightly say it's within it's within ourselves. This is where yeah. we find it.
2: Well, as you start to uh, learn how to give yourself as much. Love as you can, it it changes the course of where you go next. Mm. Uh, I I recognized um, uh, this is about ten years ago. I recognized my pattern. I mean, I would have a thought. My thought would turn into a feeling. My feeling would turn into an action, and my action would turn into a result. Because all the actions make up my habits, so my habits are all my results. Mm -hmm. So I realized pretty um, pretty pretty early in, in, in the process of engaging my breath and, and, uh, and food that I had a way to access especially something to then which I took action in relation to that. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah it does. Now I, I want to go back to uh, where you were talking about hemp seeds, because I'm fairly well aware that there are hemp seeds and there are hemp seeds. Yeah, You get good quality ones, bad quality ones. Yeah. What should people be looking for if they want to add hemp seed into their diet and, and what type of effects will that give them?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a big, uh, a big fan of researching the companies that I feed myself and my family.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, with any, any food that you consume, there, or, or anything that you do, there's going to be pros and cons and there's going to be sources that are going to be better than others. Um, and so, I highly recommend as an, as, as an added source of love to yourself and your family as you do the research on the companies that you're going to use as your main uh, sources of nutrients and hemp being my, my number one of, of all the foods that we consume is I, I have um, friends in the industry who I buy direct from mm-hmm. um, and so I, I feel very comfortable and confident that um, the, the product that I'm getting is the quality product. Um, you know, it, uh, again, it's that, that extension of, um, of, of nourishing yourself and, and caring about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I do the workshops in the corporate setting, I always leave everybody with a seven-day challenge. Um, just, to again, to give them that, an experience. And um, Definitely the first few sessions, it's, it's, um, it's nutrition-based because that, again, is at the heart of, of us feeling better with the, the breath. Um, and so one of the challenges is to add hemp seeds three times a day. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave that to your listeners as a challenge for seven days. Just mm-hmm. add hemp seeds three times a day, tablespoon breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So one at breakfast, one tablespoon at lunch, one at dinner. If you want to do more, great. But um, the, the reason I get you to do that is because now you're adding in that complete protein source, good healthy fat source. At the same time, you're eating maybe a processed carb. At least you're now adding something that's going to help s- to slow the production down of insulin mm-hmm. so you have a more sustained energy level. Um, and that's the, you know, the main result is you want to you wanna have a little bit heightened energy, more connection to your um, reactive process so you're not, uh, you know, uh, when you get into that state of stress, you're not, uh, you're not acting out in a way that's not going to serve. You, you want to, you know, you want to have more connection to that. You want to have better quality sleep, um, less cravings, less food, sugar cravings. So these are all the benefits that you can get within days of just adding in something like a hemp seed because of that nutritional power behind it. Um, that um, you know it gets easier to want to do things for yourself when you realize that you can have those types of results
0: this is very really true it's very really true are, are there any sources where people shouldn't get hemp seeds from
2: um, you know I don't focus on um, seeking out what those are I don't know I'm sure there's mm. some farms out there that aren't doing um, um, great practices mm-hmm. from my understanding with hemp it's um, one of the most uh, Conventional as far as easy to grow crops doesn't need fungicides herbicides pesticides to grow mm-hmm. um, Do some uh, do Some farms use them. I'm sure some of them do um, but from my Experience with the um, in retail here in Canada the, the main sources none of them use any uh, any synthetics at all to um, to grow and uh, most of them are using organic practices to grow their seeds, so I, I feel pretty confident in um, you know in getting my clients to go to the local grocery store and grab the hemp that they find there. But I encourage everybody to do their own research, for
0: mm. sure. Yeah, I mean, on, on the whole, grocery store should be a good place to start while you're doing your own research to maybe find an even better source.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want this to be easy for you. It's the same, um, you know, I get asked all the time, well, Adam, where do you buy your almonds? And where do you buy your walnuts? And, mm. you know, I yeah, I could source out the healthiest, uh, online places to, to get them, but I don't, I buy them from a local grocery store. Mm. Sure. I know they're, they, they've been, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the processing of them and pasteurized and they've got mold on them that you don't even see. So, mm. I mean, then, then there's an extra piece that I do at home. I soak them for 24 hours to remove the mold. I, I dehydrate them to get rid of the moisture. I freeze them, you know, so there's, there's, you know, you, there's all these different steps that you learn to do for yourself but it's not where you need to get too fanatical about the steps it's just take steps knowing that they're a nourishment uh, a love piece and they're going to continue to guide you to 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 more and more of the same
0: super super well you've given us a huge amount of brilliant um, information uh where is the best place that people can get hold of you and all the things that you've been talking about
2: today yeah i appreciate that the website poweroffoodcom that's the main um the main home of the blog um great place to find information and socially i'm on instagram um at adam hart and then twitter and facebook are at power of food those are the main spots
0: super job well thank you again for all the brilliant information you've given um are you appearing anywhere over the next coming month or two
2: Um, I'm not doing anything publicly. All the work that I'm doing is all on the corporate scene, um, doing a lot of presentations and traveling for Mm -hmm. supporting my corporate clients right now.
0: Okay, and and if corporate clients do want to get hold of you, they can get hold of you via the blog as well, I take it.
2: Yeah, PowerFood.com.
0: Super job, super job.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the time.
0: No, we've we've enjoyed it, haven't we, Adam?
2: Absolutely,
1: yes. Um, Thank you again, Adam, for being on the Local Paleo Show. And as we
2: say in Texas, a votre santé, Yeah, thank you very much guys for having me. I I appreciate it.
0: Super. It's been wonderful, brilliant information. And I think we'll have you on again.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Yes, absolutely.